What's up, you guys? It's your host, Anna. Welcome to this week's episode on A Better Birth. Today, the guest that I have is someone I'm really excited to have reconnected with. We were friends back in high school, haven't really connected for a couple years, and now have found ourselves in a very similar walks of life. And I can't wait to see kind of where the conversation takes us. I am meeting with Abby Driggs. She is a fellow registered nurse. She is a mom and she is now starting her little business called Utah Mama Doula. I can't wait to tell you more about it. So let's get going. Okay, you guys. So today I'm here with Abby. We go back to high school. We're sitting here <laughs> reminiscing about our past lives in high school that we are kind of glad we forgot. Yep. I don't know. I'm like <laughs> glad we're not there. Um, but today we are going to talk your birth story. We're going to talk kind of about your new business venture that you're going with called Utah Mama Doula, which mm-hmm. I'm super excited to hear about. And just kind of talk all things birth because yeah, love it. both kind of birth nerds yep. and I'm here for it. Anytime I have a combo with someone that just wants to like talk about birth, I'm like, let's go. <laughs> so, um, why don't you just introduce yourself? Kind of let the people know. Yeah. So I'm Abby Driggs and I, um, am a birth doula. I'm also a registered nurse. I work on a surgical floor as a nurse and then I've been a birth doula just for a little bit, but um, I have one little boy, Hank. He's almost two. He's so cute, you guys. He's just yummy. Literally so cute. Yeah. And so big. And so big. Yeah. I'm like, big dog makes my almost two-year-old look like a nine-month-old. Yes. <laughs> he's a, In the best way. He's a big, like, <laughs> chunky boy, so I love him. And yeah, I'm just living the mom life, you know? Like, I honestly thought I would work at least like three times a week and more full-time but I just like being a mom way more than I thought I would Mm -hmm. so I'm home with him most of the time and love it I just like motherhood so do you do like a shift a week yes a shift a week yep Thursdays are my shift that's not bad yep and then births for my doula clients just randomly you know that's um just whenever I have those births Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. yeah with um I mean we'll dive way deeper into this yes but how many doula clients do you take on at a time I usually just like for my own uh just balance I just try to stick with one a month if like max so that's nice yeah and that's and sometimes it's you know more um not as busy, you know, where people aren't having births and other times are busy season. So you're like September. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Everybody and their Valentine's babies. Yes. Just that. Yes. September so, can be crazy. Yes. Just, just, a, just, you know, keeping it simple and yeah, keeping it. So I have a lot of time to stay home. Yeah. So yeah. you can be a mom yeah. and like enjoy the motherhood. I love that yeah. you have kind of, you know, come into this new role and found that it's fulfilling to you in yeah. a way that you like want to work once a week and mm-hmm. want to be home with Hank the rest. Yeah. I think that's awesome. And I think that's such a, like, I don't know, a big worry that mm-hmm. people kind of go mm-hmm. into, especially with their first kid where it's yes. like, okay, I know I'm excited about having a baby and like, I know I'm excited to be a mom, but like, I have all these other things that I want to do still, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or like that you think you're going to do. And then mm-hmm. I don't know, life kind of hits you and you're like, whoa, this is not where I thought I would end up when you look back totally two years, yeah. you know, um, which is kind of what you were saying about becoming a doula. Mm-hmm. So I know like, did you always 
have like a passion for birth before Hank or do you feel like it kind of like blossomed as you got pregnant and went through it? I've always had a passion for helping women. Okay. Like women, I love that um, patient population. Like when I served my mission in France, I feel like I was always just really thriving and loving spending time with these older woman um or you know younger woman just because I feel like I had a lot of wisdom to learn from them and also I just I just like talking about um you know woman's health and motherhood and I I just like helping I like helping yeah. women yeah. yeah not to derail but did you think that you were going to work in women's health as a nurse I know you said you work on a surgical floor is that like preference or is that just kind of the job you landed after Mm. nursing school it's a good question I think ideally I think no actually you know what during nursing school I didn't think I would go into women's health I Mm. thought I wanted to go work in the emergency room Mm -hmm. and the reason I work on a surgical floor honestly why I first started working there is because it's a mommy princess job and I don't work weekends nights or holidays amazing <laughs> so yeah you're like you have the nurse job to yes, have <laughs> exactly so it's fair so I feel like that's the reason the other reason I personally choose not to work in labor and delivery is because I want to keep birth magical and I don't want it to become like routine or just work mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. because I want my own births to me be magical still and like have this wonder and amazement with birth. And I feel like any job is work. Like yeah. work is work. Yes. Work just is that way. And so I, and I feel like it's a little different being a doula because I can choose how many clients I want to take. It's mm-hmm. not like I'm just burdened with, you know, all this work. Um, so I, I do specifically not work in labor, labor and delivery for that reason. Which I honestly kind of love. And I love that you said that because I feel like I share so many of so many similar feelings about mm-hmm. that. I feel like once I landed a job in labor and delivery, I was so excited. I was like, this is what I've been working towards. I know this is what I'm passionate about. And then like, I still found myself being like, why do I not want to be here? Mm-hmm. Like, why does it feel so much like work? Yeah. When I know that like, this is what I want to do. You know what I mean? And then being able to take a step back and kind of approach it in a different role. Like I myself am not a doula, but I've been able to like be involved in other births, not as the nurse. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. this is the sweet spot of like kind of birth on your own terms. <laughs> In a kind way, it takes the pressure off of it. Oh, totally. And it's just like, I don't know. I will always advocate for someone like preparing and doing everything they can to like know what kind of birth they want. And it always like broke my heart to have to be the nurse that was like, okay, for other reasons and very valid reasons, like your birth plan is not going to happen. And Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to do everything I can to like make this birth still magical and like everything you hoped it would be. But like you have X, Y, and Z happening and I'm the bad guy that has to now manage that for Mm -hmm. the next X amount of hours until the baby is born. And it just, it put me in a spot where it was like, oh man, like I hate taking on the weight of like, I'm ruining your birth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if other people feel that way. That was just something that was really hard for me working in L&D. And so I love that you've been able to kind of take that perspective and know how you want to keep birth mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. And like working as a doula and putting this like space almost between you and birth. Does it make you excited to like have another baby <laughs> kind of, you know what I mean? To like have another birth experience? Yes. And anxious. Okay. And yeah. it's interesting because I've talked to other people who have gone kind of the unmedicated natural route like I did. And I have asked them like, were you nervous for your next birth? Cause I'm already kind of nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even, um, right after Hank, I was like, oh my gosh, that's, I don't know if I can do this again. Mm -hmm. And then 
my friend who had kind of a similar experience said every single birth I was anxious before and you know what it just worked out like Mm -hmm. once labor started and things got going it just worked and obviously sometimes um birth does not go as expected and I think that's one thing I've learned about um since becoming a doula is that so much um there's so much like vulnerability and surrendering in Mm. birth because sometimes that surrendering looks like I'm surrendering to labor pains and I'm going to go this natural route and just like let my body be and sometimes surrendering looks different sometimes surrendering looks like I'm going to need an epidural and need some Mm. extra help Mm -hmm. and my birth isn't going to go exactly as I wanted And part of surrendering, that's like motherhood, right? Like that is just the best little taste of what your life is going to be. You know, you're giving up Mm -hmm. sleep, you're giving up Mm -hmm. lots of things. And it's just about learning to be flexible and still have a positive outlook. And I think, um, I've, I've noticed that people have positive birth experiences, not by the outcome of the birth but by if they feel like they um, were part of the birth Hmm. and they felt like they were involved in their choices, not just letting the birth happen to them without having any say. Mm -hmm. Like you can still have such a positive birth experience, whether you have a natural birth or a C-section birth or, you know, you can still have a positive birth experience. Yes. Oh my gosh. I couldn't agree more. And I love that um, you mentioned like, not letting the birth happen to them, mm-hmm. but like being an active participant in the birth and the decision making making that like happens there, even if it is contrary to everything you kind of like planned for, you know what I mean? And I think like you said, that is the difference, like the key difference between people who walk away saying that they had a positive or negative experience mm-hmm. and already just like hearing you say that. I'm like, Oh, Everybody pick her as your doula because that is like the little gold nugget that I wish every mom knew Mm -hmm. where it's just like, no, like you really can determine the outcome, even though you can't determine like the method or pathway that your baby is going to choose to get here. But you being in the mindset and the frame of mind of just like, I am an active participant and I am not having my birth managed but I am managing what is happening like and just managing expectations and emotions that come along with it. I think it's just such a huge, huge piece of helping people, you know, achieve positive birth experiences and like what a powerful tool to have a doula in their back pocket. That's like coaching them through pregnancy Mm -hmm. to prepare that way. Exactly. So when you're meeting with clients, are you meeting a couple times during pregnancy like what's your I don't know typical client relationship look like yeah so I I mean it probably depends on like you have like different like tiers of yes okay okay different packages yeah I offer different packages obviously some people want like more extensive packages you know that include um like an extra postpartum visit um or like lactation specialist or Mm -hmm. um birth photography or maternity pictures stuff like that mm-hmm. um like i partnered Which amazing. with yeah. okay like you have people that you've connected yes with. people oh, i've connected amazing. with like i even partnered with sago lily massage for like people to oh gosh, have prenatal massages yeah <laughs> so I'm that's like, like okay <laughs> sign me up yes <laughs> yesterday that, that's i kind of tried to include everything that i would it's imagine genius. me wanting you know during yeah. my pregnancy like i love massage i love yes no, all that stuff genius. so Pelvic floor therapy, you know, that's something I also include in one one of mine. Now, that's like the more like extensive package, but I feel like my most like basic, simple stuff I offer is like just as helpful, you know, as far as birth goes. And so that's um, what I'd say like most of my clients have is uh, just my basic package, which includes like two prenatal visits um, and then the birth. I'm there. And I'm on call from 37 weeks to 42 weeks okay. with my phone like on, you know, yes. if they call in the middle of the night or whatever. 
and then a postpartum visit. And actually in that postpartum visit, it's fun because I do a birth story printout of their birth. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, during their birth, I write notes about what they said, first words they said to their baby, Mm -hmm. um, kind of the interaction between mom and partner. um, And so that's a really sweet thing that my doula did for my birth. And it's just a thing I treasure, you know, my little I mean, those are things that like you just don't even, not because you don't mean to not remember them, but it's like, you don't remember Yeah. (laughs) after you just had a baby. No, you don't. I couldn't tell you. Like, Mm -hmm. no, you don't. That would be so, yeah, just, yeah. So that's that's fun that I do in the um, postpartum and the prenatal visits are mostly me getting to know what you want as a Mm. um, mom giving birth like what's what's important to you how Mm -hmm. can we make it happen and then also what's plan b and plan c like how can we still make your birth positive um you know if you have a c-section and that's Mm -hmm. not your original plan like what can we do to still make it positive um and then also i'll go over in one of those prenatal visits just more hands-on stuff so some positions to relieve pain um Mm. i'll usually have partner be it both of those visits just so um they can really be a part of the mom's birth plan Mm -hmm. and feel involved and like they're supporting her yeah and also it it's you know I'm a doula not only for the mom but really I am a doula for the partner too Mm -hmm. like I want them to feel confident I want them to feel like they have um all the abilities to support their their, you know, if it's their wife or sometimes, you know, a mom or whatever will be there, but I want them to come out being the hero, you know, mm. their partner, not, I mean, obviously the birthing person is yes. the hero, yes, yes, yes. But, but also the partner plays a huge role. And so mm-hmm. I, I'm not in the way as a doula. I think a lot of people worry like, oh, if I hire a doula, I, my husband's not going to feel like he's involved at all. Mm-hmm. And so we don't want to hire a doula, you know? And I'm yes. like, no, I am in the back corner telling your husband what, what to, to do. do. You're so like, I am whispering in his ear. Yes. yes, exactly. I love so that. That's kind of what I offer as far as like my services, I guess, go. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like most of the clients you've had are first time moms? Mixed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely I feel mixed. like, I feel like it goes like one way or the other where it's either Mm -hmm. like this super proactive first time mom that's Mm -hmm. like I want to put everything in my back pocket like be as prepared as I can Mm -hmm. do all the things or it's like the second third time fourth time mom who's like you know what I actually would like some more help this time around you know what I mean where Mm -hmm. it's just like the extra perspective you have after having a baby where you're like oh yeah that extra set of hands Mm -hmm. or literally just the advice giver who's standing in the corner like we could have used mm-hmm. that, you know? Yes. Um, and what's amazing to me is I read a study that um, even having just a woman sit in the room with the birthing mother, just sit in the corner, not even mm-hmm. doing anything. They um, had much more positive birth experiences, just feeling like they have that uh, womanly support with mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. to, you know, be in their corner Yes. And so just the presence of someone you feel safe and comfortable and supported by makes a huge difference. Yes. And like we know physiologically that it makes a huge difference too, right? Your oxytocin is going to just be raging if you feel encouraged and supported and loved and safe. And like that's going to keep your labor going. And the second that people start to feel like somebody's doubting them. Or like, you know, like someone's disinterested in what's happening in the room. Like you literally see a switch and I wish I could like slap people in the face sometimes. <laughs> like I just remember like being the nurse and being like, okay, bro, like if you don't get off your phone in the corner yeah, or like stop on. ordering pizza, like I'm just like, okay, oh, let's read the room a little bit mm-hmm. and like recognize that what you're doing actually is affecting the birthing person Mm -hmm. and like not necessarily positively you know what I mean and I think just I don't know that's an amazing study and I would be interested to kind of 
I don't know, implement that <laughs> as yeah. a nurse and just, yeah. just be like, hmm, we're just going to sit in here for a yeah. minute and see what a little yes. supportive vibe does for this mom, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. For sure. Do you also feel like most people who um, like reach out for you as a doula want an unmedicated birth? I feel like that's kind of like a <laughs> another thing that is kind of a misconception about doulas is like, oh yeah, I'll only have one if I'm planning to go unmedicated when really there's obviously so much more you can do. But do you feel like you see a lot of that have, you know, made that kind of their birth preference? Definitely the people who reach out to me the most are interested in at least trying an unmedicated birth. Mm. Um, I think what was hard for me about hiring a doula in the beginning for my own birth was it was my first baby and I was like, okay, doulas are more expensive than I thought. Dude. And I was so surprised the yes. first time I, yeah. I, I was, was like, like, oh, whoa. Yeah. This is, <laughs> yeah. this is like, I'm like, bro, I, I should thought. be a doula. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just to give you like a range, I'd say most like if you're a brand new doula starting out, it'd probably be like between $650 to like $2,500 for the more expensive doulas, you know, even up to three grand. So, I mean, I don't charge three grand, but there, you know, there's people. No, but I've seen them. And I remember literally being like shook. Yeah. But then like you being a doula, Mm -hmm. especially, and I'm putting words in your mouth here, (laughs) but especially when you're working with somebody who like say maybe is a first time mom or like really doesn't know much about birth or the birth process or like the emotional toll that it takes to like labor and birth a baby. Like that's really draining mm-hmm. and you being the support person in that role. I'm like, yeah, it's worth every penny because mm-hmm. you take on so much as the doula mm-hmm. that I think is kind of unspoken. You know what I mean? And I just, I have a couple different friends that are doulas and I, it's kind of a common thread that they will come out of births, especially if it's a first time mom and it's like a 36 hour birth mm-hmm. and it's like yeah, the husband or partner like kind of checked out mother-in-law or mom, like kind of like went here and there, you know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. like the doula was the person for 36 hours yes. and I'm like, yes, that's emotionally draining. And if you were to break that down at like an hourly wage, <laughs> It's probably valid what you're paying them, but it feels like a huge expense. You're just like, what? Yes. And I was, I was hesitant about hiring a doula before I gave birth just because I didn't know if I actually would be able to do an unmedicated birth. Mm. And so it felt like not only hiring a doula, but investing my time and energy into studying about unmedicated births and reading books Mm -hmm. and educating myself Mm -hmm. I was like is this even going to be worth it if I just go in there and after 30 minutes I'm like I need another girl yeah Yeah, like Mm -hmm. am I gonna be like a failure like I didn't I was really battling with those feelings of like I want to try an unmedicated birth but I don't want to disappoint myself and Mm -hmm. like I didn't tell anyone in my family that I was gonna do that you know Mm -hmm. I was very private about it Mm because I didn't want any expectations and like letting anyone down. Like those are my, those are my real Real feelings feelings and real fears. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think ultimately I was, and and I was hesitant about hiring a doula because I'm like, what is the doula going to do if like I just get an epidural right away? Like, is she just going to sit there, you know? And I think I ultimately chose to hire a doula for my birth because I felt like she already supported me so much, even in my pregnancy and before. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like having her there as a positive support person and advocate for me would help me feel like I had a positive birth. Even if I ended up getting an epidural, mm-hmm. I felt like she would make me feel like I was still so awesome yeah. and so strong and just make me feel so supported. Um, I did end up having an unmedicated birth and my Mm -hmm. doula was there the whole time and I truly could not have done it without her. Mm. And after that, now my husband's like, Oh, oh my gosh, we need to do for every (laughs) birth. Like I I can't do this. (laughs) Yeah. So, and obviously you can still have a positive birth experience without a doula. Yes. I just think have someone there at least that's, you feel like, um, 
in your corner and yes. you know if you can afford a doula great hire one and um if not there's no it's not wasting time or energy to get educated about birth mm. i will definitely say that and i know you'll agree with oh me gosh, because preach, girl. you are a birth lady too but um it's not a waste of time like it's totally worthwhile to invest in learning about your body, learning about mm-hmm. what birth is, learning about what's happening to your body. And even why not prepare yourself like you are going to go unmedicated mm-hmm. because you might not have time for an epidural or whatever. So Truly. even if you don't, uh, even if you know you end up getting an epidural or whatever pain management you choose to use, it's still good to know, oh, if I stay upright and move my body more baby will progress better you know just Mm -hmm. it's totally worthwhile to invest in in learning about birth yes I mean I literally couldn't echo what you said even louder because I'm just (laughs) like yes 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 and my husband and I always talk about this but it's like there's so much out there especially like on social media and things like that about like birth trauma and like Mm -hmm. negative birth experiences and like you do see positive birth experiences for sure but like negative birth experiences are a huge part of the conversation too and it's just like to me logically like it just doesn't make sense to go into an experience where you have an expectation of an outcome if you haven't put any work in to like achieve that outcome does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, so many people are like, oh yeah, I want this beautiful birth. Like I want nothing to go wrong. I want to be informed. Like I want to know everything that's happening, but I'm just going to show up at the hospital and see how it goes. And I'm like, <laughs> honey, like yeah. I love that for you, but that's, that's not going to give you the outcome that you're hoping for. Yeah. You know, just because your nurse might be a nurse that's like kind of lazy and get you get an epidural Mm -hmm. and you sit on one side for 12 hours Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then like guess what your cervix is swollen and then it takes like a whole other day for you to finish dilating and then you're exhausted by the time it's time to push like it's like I hate to say that those things happen but they do Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and if you don't know that like being upright helps the baby engage in your pelvis and helps you dilate like Yes. You know, and you can still be upright with an epidural. Mm -hmm. Like I'm like Mm -hmm. another thing where like nurses, I've seen it firsthand, will be like more lazy. And it's just like, yeah, you can't move because you have an epidural. So I'm going to leave you in the easiest position and baby's happy. So like, Mm -hmm. why would I make this harder on us? You know, and it's just those are little tiny tips that really can help you achieve a more positive outcome. You know, if Mm -hmm. that's what you've set your sights on. (laughs) Yes. But it's just like, I, oh man, just do the work, people. And you cannot depend, you cannot bank on just going to the hospital and having a great nurse. No, no, you literally can't. Because they are far and few between. I will be honest. Like, that sounds so rude. (laughs) I'm like, oh, we're both nurses. But it's like, you, you got to focus on what you can control. And what you can control is getting yourself educated And the birth might not go exactly as you want and you might not get a good nurse and your doctor might not show up or whatever, but you can control getting educated beforehand and going into it, just praying and hoping that you can be flexible and, you know, adaptable to whatever comes and just, yeah. And I believe that that emotional preparation beforehand literally makes a difference. Like I'm not just saying do it because... I think education is cool. And I'm like, yeah, this is what this podcast is for. But like, absolutely. Seriously, it makes a difference. Yeah. Um, and we kind of did this backwards. But like, let's <laughs> jump to Hank's birth story. <laughs> Literally, I'm like, how we even evolved to you becoming a doula. Yes. Because your birth was kind of that moment that really, really changed it for you and kind of pushed you in this direction. Yeah. So like, let's getting pregnant. Want to start there? Yes. I'm like, was it was it something yeah. that like you and your husband were like planning on? Was it unplanned? Like, give us all the deets. Yes. So it was planned. Um, 
and because were you in nursing school i was at very the end very, of, end. very i was about to graduate okay. nursing school okay and you did you know, it smarter than me yeah <laughs> not in the middle I of nursing intentionally school <laughs> waited until i was done with nursing school um but no it was planned and i i know some people are very methodical about like when they're gonna get pregnant and really preparing themselves you know like a year before like letting it sit i mm-hmm. was one day like okay i think i'm ready to get pregnant love it it's hey, fine <laughs> just like that's just how my husband and I are just like we're kind of spontaneous Mm -hmm. about all our decisions Mm -hmm. and it works for us and you know maybe afterwards we're like oh crap what have have we done (laughs) (laughs) but it was like no I was like all right we're getting this IUD out like you know we're just yeah and it just so for us it was more spontaneous but um also kind of planned you know like we were intentionally trying to get pregnant you weren't pregnant with an iud (laughs) yes exactly it was not um we got pregnant like relatively quickly like four months okay um, yeah which it felt like a long time like when you're trying to get pregnant which i can't even say that because people try for so long but it just is hard when you're i mean it wasn't hard for me i'm not saying it was hard for me to wait four months but just the weird in between of like knowing and hoping you're going to get pregnant is, is a weird time. So I, I was yes. very grateful that I got pregnant. I had a friend who lost her baby at 34 weeks. Mm-hmm. And so my whole pregnancy, I was very grateful. Mm-hmm. I was sick until 25 weeks throwing up. I had gestational diabetes. I had vertigo. Oh, no. I had everything. Oh, my I gosh. only went to the hospital once to get fluids, but like I had a hard pregnancy, but somehow during it, I was okay because I just, my friend, um, made a huge difference for me. Mm. Um, and she, you know, I just had, I tried to be a lot more grateful during my pregnancy. Cause I just kept thinking, well, I'm 10 weeks pregnant and I still have my baby. Mm. I'm 15 weeks pregnant. I still have my baby. Like I just tried to be grateful because it's, it's a blessing to get pregnant. It's a blessing to maintain a pregnancy. It's yeah. a blessing to, it's a miracle to deliver a baby and yeah. keep a baby alive. Like it's yeah. all, it's all a miracle. And so I think, um, that was, you know, that was my pregnancy and I actually delivered Hank at 37 weeks. So okay. almost a month early and he was a big wow. baby. Was that, um, just because you had such a complicated pregnancy you weren't induced though I wasn't no, induced I was gonna say so that was just natural onset that labor. was natural onset but I th- I mean could be genetics my mom always delivered a month early with the dream babies. oh my gosh <laughs> so I know um but I did do all like the natural remedy stuff you know okay. too like love it red raspberry leaf tea and mm-hmm. sex and mm-hmm. evening primrose and mm-hmm. like all the did all you the dates I didn't do dates actually, but I just, I probably would have, but I, my water broke spontaneously in bed at 37 weeks and it was amazing. I, I was, um, I mean, I say amazing because my little, my second baby literally hung on till 41 weeks and I was like, bro, like evacuate, please (laughs) get out of you know I love that for you 37 weeks. Yes. But he was big. He was a big baby, eight pounds, five ounces. And Yeah. At 37. at 37 can you imagine if he had hung on i was very <laughs> grateful 11 pound baby <laughs> well and they wanted to induce me at 38 or 39 weeks because i had gestational diabetes, diabetes. okay which that's what i was thinking i was like okay maybe yes. he was measuring huge because yeah it's not uncommon to have mm-hmm. like a microsomic baby with yes. diabetes um, so i was doing everything i could to get hank out okay like and was your diabetes already. managed with insulin or was it just diet just diet okay yeah nice. and it was just so painful like for real imagine doing keto basically <laughs> while you're already starving starving <laughs> and you're so fat already you're just yes. like i look like so big and now i'm dieting and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i just want to eat the foods i'm craving like yeah. I, it was just so hard. And so I just, you know, I have empathy for those diabetes ladies. But <laughs> on that note, though, <laughs> I have never, ever been close with either of my previous two pregnancies to not passing. Like, yeah, I just it's never even been like a thought, you know? Yeah. 
and this twin pregnancy like i've been fine too <laughs> but i went for my gestational diabetes test and it just like made me feel awful and mm-hmm, i was like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this is really like weird yeah <laughs> I was yeah. a point away from not oh. passing Abby. I was like, oh, what? Oh. And my doctor was like, it's okay. Like your body oh. just metabolizes things different when there's twins. Like oh you're fine. Like, don't yeah. worry about it. And like, I wasn't like stressed, like, but I was just like, this is crazy. Oh my gosh. Oh. And that wasn't even me having gestational diabetes. Yeah. I was like, imagine people who like literally oh. get it and then have to deal with this the rest of the pregnancy. Like it, it gave me more sympathy for them because I really was like Mm -hmm. wow I've never even had to really give this thought and now even the ounce of thought I'm giving it is giving me like I can't imagine adding one more thing like I was like like, what am I like excuse me yes like I I was just confused and I I remember someone in my mom's ward saying to her or no no she came up to me right after I had just found out I had diabetes and she was I I told her and she said oh my gosh you don't even look like you have diabetes <laughs> which like, I was gonna say common misconception you can literally eat so healthy and gain like n- no weight not no weight but like be totally on a healthy prognosis with your pregnancy and get gestational yes, diabetes yes. it is just the way your body metabolizes when you're pregnant like, but you're so like embarrassed about it I don't know just, why if no totally other though. people feel this way too but yes. it's like yeah, sorry, I have diabetes. Like, I can't eat bread. Like, uh, I <laughs> yes, can't you're eat like, the um, I'm really embarrassed. <laughs> I'm so like, it's yes. just like kind of, I don't know. It just feels personal. Yeah. And so yeah. Well, I, and and yeah. I feel like maybe you didn't feel this way, but I have a friend who also got gestational diabetes, and I remember her talking about how she felt so guilty. Oh my gosh! Like yes. for the baby, like she was like, "Am I like harming?" my baby because my blood sugars have just been so wacky like did you deal with that at all oh so much guilt and and guilt when you're like i just want to cheat a little bit like any like a bite of a cookie or a Yes. 10 cookies you know <laughs> yeah you're like well, you yeah. have a whole bag, and normally on a diet you're like oh whatever i cheated but this is like it feels so personal like mm. i am i am deliberately choosing to harm my baby by eating this cookie thing. like mm. you just it's so much guilt and such a weight and heaviness associated with it it's hard and i was so grateful when i after i delivered hank i ordered You're two like, egg mcmuffins yes. like i was <laughs> you are like i am all in my diabetes is yes. gone goodbye yes. <laughs> goodbye good riddance <laughs> so oh yeah it's hard that yeah. is really really hard so yeah, but, I don't. Okay, so the diabetes was not yes. why you went into labor, so though. So the diabetes you was just not happened why to have your water break. Yes, my water break, my water so, broke. Yeah. One other question. Yes. Were you me. like, when did you start kind of doing the things to help labor happen? Mm, because thirty-seven question. is pretty early. You mm. know what I mean? I feel like people are like, I'm thirty-nine weeks. Like, let's get this baby out. But I'm like at thirty. Yes. I am pretty known for being impatient. I love it. It's fine. (laughs) And I'm like, like, here's the other thing. When your body is ready, it will go into labor. So Mm -hmm. no matter, like, it's like, you could literally start doing that at like 34 weeks. And I'm like, it's probably not going to do much until your body decides. So So I started it probably at like 34 weeks. Okay. Yeah. And I was doing red raspberry leaf tea twice a day and just doing all the stuff. Which also, I hate which, the taste of it. Oh, I'll be honest. Yuck. Like every time oh. I'm also drinking it now just because I'm like, oh, Red raspberry I think leaf tea does not taste good. But it tastes so bad. Yeah. So it's bad. It's like plugging your nose. Yeah. yeah. You just down it. Yeah. So just not for me. I um, started having consistent contractions at okay. 35 weeks. Wow. And so. Okay. Um, you know, they were coming like every couple minutes and they weren't painful, but I could see my yeah. belly, my uterus tightening. I love it. And so I went into the hospital and I got checked in and they monitored me for an hour and my con- contractions were consistent mm-hmm. and, but I wasn't in pain and it wasn't getting intense. And so they were like, okay, my, my midwife came in and she said, okay, you got to back off of the red raspberry leaf tea. <laughs> She's like, cut it out. This yeah, actually is like, like wait your body. a couple weeks because it's affecting your body and mm-hmm. it really can affect bodies. Like I know some doctors are like, eh, it's a wives tale, like red raspberry leaf tea doesn't work, but it worked for me. Yeah. And yeah. so I feel yeah. like it's like, seriously, some people's sensitivity to it can be crazy yes. and others like 
like I said, it won't do mm-hmm. a thing for yeah, them. Yeah, some people but... will take it and then they're still not delivering by 42 weeks, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I I mean, I started it again about 30, end of 36 weeks, and then I went into labor at 37 weeks. And um, I was so, okay, well, first of all, let me back up. I was sitting in my bed and it felt different. And that's mm-hmm. a key word I, I tell my moms, you know, when it feels like, oh wait this feels different like Mm -hmm. this is not like what I'm used to Mm -hmm. it was cramps that I couldn't sleep through it woke me up I was walking around my kitchen trying to relieve it you know I text my doula and she said just take a warm shower see if it goes away took a warm shower got back in bed was almost asleep and then just burst (laughs) I love it (laughs) water balloon down my legs and I was so excited. You're also like, why could this not have happened in the shower though? (laughs) Bro. Yeah. Come on. My bed sheets. Yeah. So I was so excited. I even remember telling my husband like, oh my gosh, look, feel it. Look, my water just broke. And he almost threw up. He's probably like, if you literally put my hand in your amniotic fluid. Yes. He was like, why did you just have me do that? But I was so excited. You know, I just had to show him. You're like, but this is happening. Like our baby is coming. It's it's just so exciting. I love it. I think um, one thing also about labor is mo- a lot of people do feel anxious leading up to labor. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you felt like this, but once labor actually starts, it's like a little bit of relief because at least you can do something about it. Yes. And you're like, okay, we are doing this. Yes. It's just like, okay, my body is like, we're doing the thing. Yeah. It takes the whole waiting game of like, is my body going to do mm-hmm. it? Like, mm-hmm. especially with my first baby where it was mm-hmm. like, you really don't know that different feeling mm-hmm, mm-hmm. until it's there. And, yeah. you know, and like there is the waiting game of like, am I going to be one of those people who like just doesn't go into labor? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It feels that way too. Yeah. Like, yes. it feels like As forever. There. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, after my water broke, I texted my doula right away and said, hey, water broke. And she said, I'm on my way. She had to drive from Heber to Sandy. Oh, wow. And um, my, my doula was Marie Bird. She is the best ever, but she is not really practicing as a doula anymore. She's becoming a midwife now. Oh, is she really? Mm-hmm. A nurse her. midwife. Yep. So she came down and we drove to Altaview Hospital and I delivered with the midwives there. Love it. So did you yeah. go pretty soon after your water broke? I went right away just because I was nervous and anxious I was just like I think I just need to get to the hospital yeah love it but I do also know like some people like to labor at home for a second you know yeah before kind of a preference thing yeah and my amniotic fluid was clear you know so I knew it wasn't just great yeah you're like you know baby's doing fine yes Mm -hmm. baby was good so when I got to the hospital I was um and the other thing about water breaking if your water breaks before is it keeps breaking I did not realize that oh my gosh my water didn't break with Lou and it broke with Ralph and I thought the same thing like I was like this is a constant yes thing it's not just like, a one-time why break. am I literally leaking everywhere yes. for in the, the next car and yeah. you're walking through I was walking through the parking lot and my flip-flops were sloshing with yes you're like hide <laughs> yeah in case I wanted to make a scene yes. here I am. in the, the elevator <laughs> yeah here I am everyone so I went to the hospital and they checked me in and um, I was dilated to a four already okay, and great. I think like 80% effaced, which Amazing. I was totally stoked about because I knew I wanted to go unmedicated. Mm-hmm. I knew sometimes that those first few centimeters of dilation are slow. Can take so long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was pretty stoked. Um, and at first I, well, let's see, actually my midwife or no, 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 my doula showed up pretty soon after that. And I was just like so excited when she showed up that um, we were actually doing this, like this mm-hmm. was real. Mm-hmm. And at first um, it was pretty mild, you know, it still took a lot of focus and pausing everyone's conversations to work through a contraction. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, okay, I need to focus. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to sit here and not talk to anyone, you know, like during my contraction and so that was kind of how it went at first, you know, kind of mild, um, contractions were spaced out still. Mm-hmm. 
And Daniel, my husband, was such a great birth partner. He was just doing counter pressure to me the whole time and telling me how amazing I was, you know. Mm. And that totally helped me and just motivated me. And then my labor, okay, my labor was about eight hours. Okay, and so pretty quick bad. for, yeah, you know, I'm first like, time mom. Pretty quick. Yeah, pretty quick, which I was grateful for. Yeah. Um, and then after, you know, when I started to get to about six, seven centimeters, I... I was, it was getting intense and, um, I was kind of like looking at the clock, like, oh, okay. Like how much longer am I going to be doing this? Mm-hmm. But, um, I was listening to my labor playlist the whole time, which totally got me through my labor. Also, mm-hmm. I had no idea that would help me. Yeah. And you'll be totally surprised at what helps you during labor. Like, I had this plan to like, you know, labor in the tub and all these things. And I did not want to touch the water. I just wanted to walk around and listen to my music. And so that was what worked for me. Um, When I started transitioning, which is from, uh, you know, eight to 10 centimeters, Mm -hmm. it felt impossible. Like the switch went off of just like, I would, I would sometimes be able to work through the contractions really gracefully and calmly. Mm -hmm. And other contractions, I was just like roaring like a lion and yes. screaming my head off. I love and, it. And so it was so hard. Mm-hmm. Like eight to ten. Oh. I was like I would what? do I would do one to eight <laughs> oh. for thirty-six hours. Yeah. Honestly, over eight to ten. Yeah. <laughs> eight to ten. I was like what because the hard part about eight to ten is the contractions are so close together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that you feel like you don't have a break yes so close together and just like well the signpost of labor is when you hit that eight eight centimeters really is like the doubt right that's oh, yeah. like the down signpost yeah. and it's like so not only are you in the hardest part in my opinion but you're feeling like you can't do it mentally like, like yes you everything in you is saying like no way like what are we doing like yes. how much longer your body is what fighting is it. happening yeah and it's just like why why did those two match up like, yeah why couldn't that be like oh i don't know and five. usually <laughs> transition is like the shortest p- period mm-hmm. of labor so mm-hmm. i do remember finding that very helpful when my midwife and doula said to me you are in transition because mm-hmm. like, you're like I'm so close you I are know close I'm there. like mm-hmm. you can do this and it's it's hard because when you get to that point of labor sometimes your brain just like totally like you said you have doubt and it mm-hmm. shuts off of like why am I doing this what have I gotten myself into mm-hmm. get this baby out of me um and so it was nice having those people who supported me during my labor being yes. like, yes, you are amazing mm-hmm. and you are doing this. And um, just really, I feel like that's just what got me through it too, is having people in my corner that were reminding me that I could do it. Mm-hmm. And um, I plan to push like on my hands and knees because I heard that was and read about that that was good but I ended up just pushing on my back because that's where I wanted to be Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. I I just think that's interesting because I yeah you read so much research about how sitting in lithotomy to push out your baby is like the least effective position and then like and maybe it was like maybe it was not as effective because I feel I mean I pushed for 30 minutes but it felt like forever and maybe I could have pushed faster in a different position but I did but not want to move. Right too, yeah. I was like, this is where I want to be. And I just remember my hands just gripping the side rails of the bed so hard. Mm-hmm. And my doula took a picture of my hands and I looked back <laughs> at it like, wow. <laughs> You're like, was I okay? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. It just is the crazy experience, craziest experience looking back. I think birth is a big part of birth is endurance. Mm. And I do tell people like prepping for birth, a good way is, you know, like pushing yourself when you're working out, like mm-hmm. doing one more rep or going one more mile mm-hmm. because that's what birth feels like. It's like one more contraction. I can do this. I can make it one more contraction, just like mm-hmm. little by little you can do it. And then it was time to push Hank out. And let me tell you a hundred percent. It felt like pooping a watermelon out of my body. <laughs> 
Like that is You're the like, only accurate description. Way to describe it. I was like, there is something stuck in there. Okay, like, wait. Have you seen that video on Instagram? What? That's the mom that's like, she was not planning an unmedicated birth, but did oh. not didn't have time to get an epidural. And the only thing she says the whole time is, "My butthole! Oh my butthole! It's a it's gonna rip!" And I'm like, honestly, yes. you're not wrong. Oh my gosh! Yes, that is. Just hit my water over. We're fine. It felt like that, and honestly, I had read that pushing like was really like actually felt good for some people, like. Cause yeah, you like could find really do something a relief mm-hmm, mm-hmm. pushing was still hard for me and yeah. i just remember thinking while well, i was pushing wait i thought this was supposed to be easy and this <laughs> is really hard yeah and um like i just was felt like i was still fighting it and finally and actually hank's hand was stuck um <sighs> up by his face up by his face oh, so and i could feel all that you know yeah i didn't yeah. have medicine so i was like i there was something stuck in my body <laughs> <laughs> and then once I pushed him out, he just slid, slid out, right out of the mm-hmm. slip and slide, you know, mm-hmm. like he went so fast and just, just the most glorious heavenly moment of having him on my chest after like, there's just nothing like it. And there's nothing like seeing your child for the first time. And it just, my, it was so amazing. And I felt so proud of myself. I honestly like couldn't figure out if I was more excited that I had a baby or that birth was over <laughs> yeah but and, and just I like think that's valid yeah though. like I, I think people like I think that's like very common like I did it and it's yes. over thank yes heavens. well and at and the end of your pregnancy too heavens. you're like I just want to be done with this yes. like you're so done mm-hmm. and pushing the baby out is just that crowning like victory yes. of like yes. this we is did over. it and yeah I'm done yeah yeah it's like birth is not just, you know, the labor, it's your whole pregnancy. So, um, I was, and with that being said, like being grateful, the birth was over. I'm still excited to do it again. You know, like I'll mm-hmm. totally do it again. Um, unmedicated just cause I had such a positive experience, mm-hmm. but, um, I just remember feeling like my hormones and your natural hormones that happen when you don't have other medication in your body like your body produces so many amazing hormones mm-hmm. um naturally it's just like the biggest high after like I was just on cloud nine holding him and just felt so accomplished like I did this I mm-hmm. actually did this like mm-hmm. I did this unmedicated and I don't know why that I mean of course I would have still felt so excited um doing it like with medicine also but for me it was just something that was important to me mm-hmm. to try to do it unmedicated and I was really proud of myself after yeah because it was hard totally you know? totally and so um but yeah it was so wonderful holding him and just so relieved to, to, to be, be done, done. with <laughs> birthing yeah were you surprised that he was as big as he was or after feeling I, him, you're like, nah, that watermelon was eight pounds. <laughs> I knew he, I mean, babies always look small when they come out, but, um, like I knew even when he was in my belly, I mean, someone asked me at 14 weeks if I was pregnant. So I was showing so early. I you're carried like, so okay. big. I knew yeah. he'd be big. Yeah. Yeah. So such a, such a wonderful birth. And, um, the reason, I mean, I became a doula because I was first, I mean, let me take a step back. I was first introduced to even the unmedicated or natural birth world when my friend Marie, who later was my doula in nursing school, she was a doula. Okay. So was she in nursing school with you? Yes. Okay. I didn't say that. Marie was in nursing school with me. She was the mom of the group. She had five kids. Okay. Yes. I was going to say kind of the older nurse. Yes. She was the older nurse and she was just like the mama bear. So I think initially why I wanted her as my doula is because she felt like a mama bear to me. Mm -hmm. I wanted that like protective, like totally safe person. And Mm -hmm. Marie was so like empowering to me. Like she introduced this new world of birth that I had never even considered. Like Mm -hmm. I just thought there was only one way to birth 
and no one in my family's ever done you know unmedicated like that's totally mm-hmm. weird hippie stuff mm-hmm. to them mm-hmm. and so it was totally scary tr- uh, like going for it myself but I remember watching videos of unmedicated births in nursing school mm-hmm. and just being like what like yeah. I'm so confused like people actually do this like Yes, like this isn't like a hippie thing from the yeah. 80s that people like have their <laughs> babies in their tub at home. Yes. Like I'm like, oh. oh, like and why do people do that? Like mm-hmm. why would someone choose n- not to get pain relief? Like yeah. I did not understand that. And the more I learned about birth and educated myself, I was like, oh, birth is a really normal thing and people have been de- doing it normal for ever. Forever. And also it's totally great that we have new updated medications and yes help like yes if that's the way you want your birth to be that's what you should do totally but this was what I wanted my birth to be like Mm -hmm. so this is what I did and Mm -hmm. so I just knew Marie was a doula and um I just loved learning about birth and I loved even like oh there's other pain management techniques you can do that help relieve pain Mm -hmm. besides just medicine yes so I think that whole world got me interested. And then after I gave birth to Hank, I was like, oh, I could be a doula for other people. Like, Mm. this is my favorite thing. This is my passion. This is what I'm always talking about, Mm -hmm. even if I don't mean to. And so it just, you know, then I just decided to pull the trigger and I love it be and a doula. it spilled over into Utah Mama yes. Doula and yes, I love Utah it Mama doula. I think it's amazing and I have loved watching it and just I can't wait to see it continue to grow and grow as you you know just go at it and give it your all and you know I feel like there's growing pains with everything mm-hmm. but like you have a two-year-old yeah. <laughs> you'll be just yeah. fine growing yeah. your business yep. Yep. <laughs> no I think honestly just like what you just said I just am thinking about how much even my own perception of birth too has changed in the last six years you know what I mean Mm -hmm. I always I always ask Jake and obviously wrong person to ask (laughs) because why would my husband know this and I but I don't know if this is like specific to where we live or if it's just like the cultural norm because medicine is advanced now and like getting the epidural is like the thing to do but genuinely before I married Jake I literally thought that birth was like no you go to the hospital you get an epidural you have a baby like that was like the basis of my knowledge pretty Mm -hmm, much you know what mm -hmm. I mean like it wasn't like oh people have birth center births and it's totally normal Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. like people still have their babies at home and it's fine Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then I remember when I was dating Jake I'm trying to think. I think his sister had just had her first baby. And then like within the first two years of us being married, his sisters both each had like another kid and they both had them at a birth center. Maybe I'm trying to think it was, it was something though where I was like, Whoa, like this is like mind boggling. You guys are like normal people choosing to have like a normal, like a normal birth. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. not, this like I don't know just the very standard hospital birth which I'd seen all four of my sisters and my mom do you know what I mean where I was just like that was my only exposure yeah and even just having somebody like sit me down and be like oh no like this is what I'm gonna do instead Mm -hmm. it literally blew my mind and I like now I'm like, I would literally have these twins in the bathtub at my yeah. house. Like, that's yeah. how I feel. Like, it's just like, I could not be more the other end of the spectrum. It's so funny. And it's just, yeah, it's just so funny with what you can do. Just even with your like mentality mm-hmm. when you educate yourself a little bit about the true like possibilities and options that you yes. do have. Yes. You know and what truth I mean? and statistics and facts. Yes. And- yes not just culture and which yes. there's nothing wrong with like just going to a hospital getting after all like no yeah. such an amazing yeah. birth still but it's like it's also good to know there are other options if that's mm-hmm. not what sounds if it's not what feels you, right to you yeah. yeah it's like search it out yeah. figure out what does and you do that and yeah. like your birth outcome will be much more positive to yes. you if you have put in that work yeah end of story <laughs> 
Yes, absolutely. As you can tell, you guys, Abby and I could probably sit here for another three or four hours and just chat about all the nerdy birth things, but we will cut it off here so that you don't have to deal with that. (laughs) I hope that you enjoyed her amazing birth story of bringing Hank into this world, as well as gained a little insight into the beautiful perspective she holds about birth and all of the knowledge that she has in beginning her business, Utah Mama Doula, and in just becoming this amazing force for moms out there who are heading into their birth experience and are looking for that extra little bit of support. I know that she will be that strong force, even just sitting in the corner that encourages you to accomplish the birth that is right for you. So if you're interested in her services, please check out her Instagram at Utah Mama Doula and get a hold of her through the messages there. She is fantastic. If you aren't already, follow me along on Instagram at a better birth underscore. And as always, catch us here next week for another episode. Mm-hmm.